John chapter 3, we're going to read from verse 14 uh, through to verse 17. So once you get there, if you would stand with me, please. John chapter 3 and verse 14, and then we'll all read it together. John 3, verse 14 through to verse 17. Once you're there, if you'd all stand tonight for the reading of God's word, so important we honor his word. We'll stand for the reading of his word together. Praise the Lord. John 3 and verse 14. Let's read it together. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Father, tonight we pray that you would move by your Spirit, that Jesus would be glorified in this place, that hearts would be touched by the power of your gospel, lives would be changed, not just for time, but for eternity. Lord, would you speak to hearts tonight, open understanding, open eyes tonight, bring conviction of sin, grant grace, Lord, for repentance, that lives would truly be transformed by the power of your gospel. Lord, this is your gospel. And we pray tonight, Lord, that you, Lord, would shut out every distraction, Lord, every lion voice and every lion thought that would come from the enemy. We just come against it now in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that your word, your truth, it's the truth that sets men and women free, that the truth would set people free tonight. Oh God, we pray, Lord, we are asking, Lord, for those that are gathered in, for those that perhaps would listen online that are not saved. We're just asking that by the power of your spirit, that you would open hearts and eyes tonight on stop deafened ears. Lord, may they hear your voice, not the voice of Tim McElrath, but may they hear the voice of Jesus. Lord, would you speak tonight, have your way, and above everything, we pray that you be glorified in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's take our seats together. Verse 14, in our reading, Jesus said, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up? And of course we know, and for those who don't, that Jesus was referring to an Old Testament account that's found in Numbers chapter 21. And at that time, the children of Israel had disobeyed God, and God had brought a punishment upon them. You read there in Numbers chapter 21, what actually happened was that God had sent the Bible says fiery serpents among the people. That word fiery just simply means poisonous serpents among the people. And they bit the people, these serpents that were sent in to that great congregation. They were bitten by the serpents that were sent. And many people began to die. And they recognized that it was their sin that had caused these serpents to come in amongst them. And so at that time, they asked Moses to pray unto the Lord to take away these serpents from us. And Moses began to seek the Lord and pray, and the Lord revealed unto him that he should lift up a fiery serpent or, or serpent or make a serpent and put it on the end of a pole. 
and 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 as Moses would lift up that pole with that that serpent upon that pole that everyone that was bitten by those poisonous serpents, if they would look to that serpent on the end of that pole, the Bible tells us that they would live. And exactly as the Lord instructed Moses, Moses put the serpent upon the pole. The serpents were biting the people. The poison was entering into their bodies. But as they would turn around and they would look up onto that, that brazen serpent, they would suddenly live. The poison had no effect upon them. You know, this word fiery serpent simply means the poison or the venom of that serpent. You know, in our world, we're thankful here in this country, in this island, that we don't have snakes. But it tells us, or they tell us, that in the world there are five million people that suffer from snake bites every year. Five million people are bitten by snakes every year. Out of those five million people that are bitten by the snakes, they estimate that somewhere around the figure of 100,000 people every year die from snake bites. Are you glad you're born here? (laughs) You said no. (laughs) I'm glad I'm born here. 100,000. Was that Norman? That's all right, Norman. We're transferring you. (laughs) 100,000 people die. 400,000 people are left disabled or disfigured because of their injuries. That's a devastating figure. The Bible speaks, I want you to listen carefully, of another serpent. I want you to hear this tonight. This is important. There's another serpent the Bible speaks of. And we're introduced to him in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Many believers would be familiar with this serpent. But for those who maybe aren't familiar tonight, this is what the Bible says. Now the serpent, we're introduced to another serpent, is more subtle. That word subtle simply means crafty. This serpent is very crafty. He's a crafty serpent. He's more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord had made. And he said, now here's a serpent. The Bible says that he said something. So here's another thing I want you to know. He's not only crafty, but this serpent has a voice. This serpent actually speaks. This is a talking snake. That's what the Bible says. He speaks. And the serpent said unto the woman that was Eve, Has God said that ye shall not die if ye eat? Of this fruit that the Lord had forbidden them. Here's a serpent. I want you to listen because this serpent is very much active in this meeting tonight. He's crafty and he has a voice and he speaks and he speaks into the minds of people in this room. He is speaking. And he has been speaking and actually, listen very carefully, people have believed what he said. Even though we know from scripture that he's a liar and he's the father of all lies. And yet people believe the words of this serpent. He still speaks in the 21st century. He has a voice. It's a real voice. But he's a deceiver and he's a liar and he's the father of lies. 
And by that speaking into the life, what it's like is like when the serpent's bit and there's a venom that goes into that system and into that mind. So then people begin to live their lives believing a lie. Believing that the life they're living is the life they're supposed to live, but they've been deceived. Anybody like to be deceived? This serpent, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12, we're introduced to him in Genesis chapter 3, but Revelation chapter 12 tells us who the serpent is. I want you to know really who he is tonight. In Revelation 12 and 9, he's known as the great dragon, that old serpent. Listen, the old serpent called the devil and Satan. And here's his work. Listen what he does. He deceiveth the whole world. He's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. Listen to me tonight because his voice has been heard by people in this room. Actually, his voice has been heard by everyone in this room, whether you want to recognize that or not. But worse still than that, there are some in this room that have heard his voice and believe his lies and live according to his lie. That's called deception. To be deceived is simply to deliberately cause someone to believe something that's not true. You're believing something that's not true, but you really believe it. And the lie has been planted in the depths of your mind and into your heart. And because you believe the words of the serpent, he's a talking snake. And so he speaks to the woman in the garden when God had said that you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. Then he said to the woman, yes, God has said that, but the serpent said in verse 4, Ye, listen, listen carefully, it's so important. If there's people in this room tonight and you really want to be free, we're speaking into the very root cause of where you are. Because you believed a lie. And that lie has come from a talking serpent. That's the devil. And he said to the woman, you'll not surely die. In other words, he'll always bring doubt upon the truth that makes you free. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a a master of craft. Being crafty and subtle and sleek and sneaky. That's the serpent. All those thousands of years ago in the garden, when Adam and Eve were deceived and they took of the fruit of that tree, At that moment, the serpent, just like in Numbers chapter 21, the serpent bit into humanity. And he poured his venom, his poison, into our first parents. And the consequences of that is the mess that we see all around us today. Poison. Poison. Now that poison, the venom that went in in Numbers chapter 21 was literal venom from a snake. But the poison that that this serpent that we're talking about, that's the devil. 
The poison that has been poured into humanity, the Bible simply calls it sin. It's sin. The problems of our society, the problems of Balanahinch, the problems of our nation, regardless of the money they spend, regardless of all the labels that they'll stick on everything, friends, the root cause of all things is a three-letter word, and it is sin. If we really want to get to the root cause, it's sin. That's the core of it. Sin destroys lives. The Bible says, By one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. When someone dies, it's because of sin. It's that initial sin. Sin destroys lives. How many people know that? Sin destroys life. Sin destroys homes. Sin destroys marriages. Sin destroys communities. Sin destroys our young people. Sin destroys our old people. Sin destroys our education system. Sin destroys our communities. It's sin that destroys. It's the poison from the serpent. And we'll butter it up. We'll put different labels on it. We'll make people feel not as bad about it because we'll give them another title or another name. But friends, listen, this is what the Bible says. It's sin. It's sin. Sin destroys. The effects of sin are all around us. The symptoms of a snake bite, I've never experienced it. And neither have I seen it, but the, the symptoms of a snake bite after he bites and pours the venom into your bloodstream, then there becomes sweats and a fever, difficulty in breathing. And even within the space, say a king cobra had bitten you, even within the space of 30 minutes, unless there is a remedy for you, within the space of 30 minutes, you could be gone. Serious. But there's a greater There's a greater venom in sin. People don't realize it. Tonight we know that the effects of that sin and that venom is so often so obvious. On the outward it's obvious. We see the the, the great problems that we have amongst so many today that are addicted to all types of different drugs and so forth. And we hear the reports coming back in from the Friday outreaches. We hear of people that are completely in bondage to all types of addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and everything that goes with that. The root problem is sin. It's sin. It's a sin problem. And we see it and we hear of the explosion of the, the mental health issues across our nation, it is, it is just beyond us. When we hear constantly of people not knowing where to turn, God help us, not knowing who to turn to, broken, fragile in their minds, at the very, at the very fine line. It's a fine line, isn't it? Isn't it a fine line between just that point of reality and just going over the edge? And we hear the explosion continuing, and we don't believe we've heard the the, the three quarters of it, to be honest, the explosion of suicide. Lives destroyed. 
Friends, the root problem in all of this is a three-letter word. It's not politically correct. It's not popular. But the Bible's true. It's sin. And the serpent speaks and pours lies into people's ears. He's so crafty, isn't he? He whispers into people's lives and in the ears that there's no purpose, that there's no hope, that there's no life, that you're not worth it, that you're not important, that nobody cares. And the, and the whole list of his rhetoric, listen, there's some people here who could stand up and read it out and word for word you'd be able to match it all together. But I tell you, there's a talking serpent. But maybe tonight you're sitting here and you're saying, well, I'm not an addict. I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. Actually, I'm not a bad person. I don't steal. I don't do anybody any wrong. I'm actually a pretty good living person. Do you know what it tells us that there's 250 types of venom 250 types of venom and affect people in different ways. There's the venom that will get into your system very quickly and you'll be gone in a half an hour. I suppose I would liken that venom to the venom that destroys lives through alcoholism or drug addiction or all those types of things that are so obvious in the outward. But I want to talk about the types of venom because there's another type of venom. But it's as deadly and it's as dangerous and it brings you to the same lost eternity. But it's crafty. And listen, the devil gets more this way than the other. You see, perhaps you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, well, I'm not like that, Tim. I'm not that bad. I don't do any, I don't go to clubs. I don't take drugs. I don't shoot anything in my arm. I don't. I don't, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not running to the off license every morning. I'm not sitting in the house getting drunk. I'm, I'm actually a pretty good person. Life's pretty good. Life's going well. Everything's fine. Actually, I'm enjoying life. I want to tell you something. If you're not saved, you've been bitten by the same serpent. You've been bitten by the same serpent. It's just he's used a different type of venom. It's still sin, but it's manifested in pride. I don't need God. That's pride. Self-righteousness, I'm good enough. Good living or enjoying even the pleasures of sin. I can enjoy sin. I, I know how to handle it. I'm not going to be like them. You know, I've visited, and some of you know them as well, very well. I visited two alcoholics in the town. They're five doors from each other. One of them is already dead. But when I visited one, one used to say that he's not as bad as the other. He had two bottles of vodka yesterday. And when I visited the other one, he said, I only had one. Many did he have. I'm not as bad as him. And there's this mindset that often comes in. It can go right into the very gutters of life that we're not as bad as the next man. Can I tell you something? We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And so the venom is very real. You see, the God of this world, if you're sitting here tonight and you have no need, you don't believe there's a need for you to be saved, can I tell you something? You've been bitten by the serpent. 
I haven't been bitten. You have no need to get saved. You're trusting in your own good living. You're a good moral person. You're trusting in your outward self-righteousness. Could I tell you something? You've been bitten. You've been bitten. You believe the lie. The same lie that those that lie in the gutters of sin tonight that are alcoholics or drug addicts that are looking for a way out. You're believing the same serpent's lie. Let me tell you what the Bible says. That the God of this world blinds the minds of them which do not believe. The God of this world. Who's that? That's the serpent. He's a real devil. He's a liar. He's a thief. It's all sin. But he's different ways to deal with different people. Because he's more subtle than any beast of the field. He's crafty. This is what the Bible says about those sins that are often not the outward, but the inward. You see, God looks at the heart. Here's the sins. Proverbs 6 and 16 says, The six things that God does hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. A proud look. It's what God hates. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. A proud look. A proud look. God hates that. A land tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that creates wicked plans. You don't see it on the outward, but in the inward, there's this plot and there's a plan. Feet that run swiftly to evil and one who breathes out lies. One who causes discord among the brothers. Man, I tell you, friends, this venom is deadly. You see, there's so many today that believe that they're good enough. There's so many today actually don't even care. They don't actually even care. The need to get saved, to get right with God. They're not really interested and we can't create an anxious thought because they're trusting in themselves, their good works. But can I tell you something? You've been bit by the serpent. You've been bit by the serpent. That may not make you feel very comfortable, but I want to tell you, you've been bitten. Whether your venom manifests itself as an addict or self-righteousness is what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the serpent bites on, doesn't he? He's relentless. Actually, in the last days, we're instructed and told that wickedness will arise so we know the activity of the serpent will increase. And we're seeing the increase of the serpent. We're seeing the increase of the powers of darkness. We're seeing the increase of wickedness. We're seeing the increase of that venom spreading into our communities. We're seeing sin abound. Just like the Bible told us it would. And the serpent bites. Can I ask you tonight, a friend, just can I ask you a question? Have you been bitten? 
Are you believing a lie? Do you know, when I was a younger lad, my mum and dad are here tonight, so I need to be careful what I say because they'll verify it all. They can tell many stories. But when I was a lad and coming up into my teens, I knew, I can look back now with all honesty, and I know, and I know that I got bit. I mean, I got bit. You know, I was brought up in a Christian home, a loving home, a good home, brought to church, brought to church, and brought to church, and brought to church. And I thank God that I was. But you know, the devil got into me. The lie, the serpent began to speak. He speaks. And the old serpent began to whisper something in, in, like this into my ear. That there was something out in that world. There was something I was missing. Anyone else ever heard that of the serpent? I was missing something. There was something out there that I was missing out on. I was missing out on something. And that was a lie that the serpent planted into my head. But it was a lie then that I began to believe. And you know something? When you begin to believe the lie of the serpent, when you actually take his lie and you begin to believe that lie, that's going to take you somewhere. It will take you beyond what you ever thought it would take you, but it will take you somewhere. Not true, Ronnie? Sin will take you further than you want to go. And so believing the lie of that serpent at a young age, at a reasonably young age, I wanted to go because I was believing something that was planted into my head that was a lie because the serpent told me that there was something out there. Now I know that a man is drawn away by the lusts of his own flesh, the desires of his own flesh, but I wanted that. I tell you, friends, if only I'd have stopped and listened to the wise counsel that was given and listened to the voices that were planted around me that spoke the truth, but that sin took me into a place that I could never imagine that I would go and only by the grace of God am I here tonight. Yeah. Only by the grace of God. So let me tell you, young person in this room, we've all been young once. I'm not that old, but we've all been young once. But I tell you, that old serpent, he's a liar. He's crafty. And he begins to work on you because he's more subtle than any beast of the field. And he begins to lie. And he begins to speak. And he begins to lure. And he begins to be crafty to draw you away from the path of righteousness to the way of life. And friends, I want to tell you something. You can't live my life and I can't live yours. But I could tell you something tonight in all honesty and all truth and with a sincerity that I can tell you from the depth of my heart. Friend, listen, listen, listen to the warnings. Listen to the pleas of the people around you that know that that way will lead to destruction. Many people have said to me, well, it's great that you've been able to go through that experience. I'm going to tell you something. If I could turn back the clock tonight, I wouldn't go one, path, one step off that path. And so the serpent speaking. Here's the worst part about it tonight. Some of you believe him. 
Some of you believe him. Some of you think that somehow you're going to be different. But he's a liar. The serpent's bit you. Jesus said these words. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. In other words, what he was saying is that in the midst of this world that has been ravished by sin and bitten by the serpent and sin abounds, that in the midst of it all, that the Son of Man would be lifted up. What's he speaking of? He's speaking of a remedy. A remedy for your life. A remedy for your sin. A, a place where you can be delivered from the powers of darkness. Yeah. From the torment. From the chains of sin. From the addiction of sin. From your pride. And from your self-righteousness. There's a place that you can look to. And you can live. That place is Calvary. That place is the cross. That's the place. That's the answer. That's the answer for the venom that's entered into the human race. That's the place you'll find the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for sinners. The cross. Many come to the cross. But many, can I say this? This might seem a strange thing to say, but I believe this. There are people in this room tonight, there are people that we come into contact with, and they hear about the cross, they hear about the blood, they hear about becoming a Christian, they hear about being born again, they know the words, they know the language, they know there's a heaven, they know there's a hell, they know that there's an answer to it all, and they know about the cross, that Jesus died, and praise the Lord, he rose again on the third day. They come and they hear about the cross, and often they don't know what to do at the cross. That might seem a strange thing, but I really believe this to be true. People come and say, well, I want my burden to be lifted. I want my sin to be taken. I want my addiction to be broken. I want my pride to be dealt with. I want my emptiness to be filled with the love of God. I want all that. And we say to him, you'll find it all at the cross and you will. Jesus said, come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. But you know what so often happens? People come in the meetings. People come in the contact with us. People talk to us. We pray for them. We encourage them. We talk and we say the things that are true that we should say. But you know the one thing here's so important tonight. This is, this is absolutely crucial to the gospel. Do you know there's one thing that people often overlook and don't understand why it doesn't work? I've heard this so many times. It doesn't work for me. Anyone ever heard that? I want to tell you something. That's a lie. Now, I'm going to stop that. That's a lie from the pit of hell tonight. It's a lie from the serpent. It works for all. Yeah. All who come and come what way. You say, I want God to take it. I want God to take my burden. He will. I want God to take my sin. He will. I want God to take my brokenness. He will. I want God to heal my hurts. He will. I want God to set me free. He will. And much more. But here's the key. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 4. When he began to preach, he said these words. I want you to listen so carefully tonight. Repent. This is a real important word. 
It's almost gone from the modern church. But it's in the book. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.38. Repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sin. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said repent. What so often happens. And what is happening in its mass today. Is that people are being told. We'll pray for you. Give your sins to Jesus. And that's you. And sadly what they do is they feel a touch or they feel something. They go out and the next day they're waking up and they're still in the drink. They're still in the drugs. They're still messed up. They still don't know where to turn. And they're wondering what's this all about? Where is Christ in all of this? You said that Jesus can set me free. Jesus can deliver me. Jesus can and Jesus will. But he doesn't want you just to bring your sins. Bring your hurt, bring your pain, bring your addictions, bring your immorality, bring your pride, bring your self-righteousness. He wants you to bring it all, but he wants you to bring you. He wants you. At the cross, brothers and sisters, where Christ was lifted up, a life was given for humanity. That's God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. When you come to the cross, you know what Jesus is interested in more than anything else? I want you to hear this. He's interested in you. He wants you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus died for you. He wants to save you. He wants to take your burden of sin. He wants to destroy the power of the enemy in your mind by the glorious light of the gospel. He wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to change your life completely. But he wants you. He wants you. He wants you. My son, the Bible says, give me your heart. God wants you, not just your sin. He'll take all of that. He wants your life. And see, when you give God your life, see, when you pray, God, I give you not only all my sin, my brokenness, my pain, my pride, my self-righteousness, my good living. I give it all to you, but Lord, I give you me. Friends, I want to tell you something. Something wonderful happens. We sang that chorus tonight. He touched me. When you give him you, he wants you. He wants your life. He'll save you. But not only will he save you, he'll place you in this planet and he wants to use your life for the glory of Jesus Christ to be a trophy of grace and to affect the world, a changed life. Today we have a conveying machine of people coming into church and going out again, in and out and in and out and never coming to encounter Christ and give him your life. Oh, I want Jesus to sort my problems out. I can tell you something. Jesus can sort all your problems out. I want Jesus to take my sin. I've done some terrible things. I thank God for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But you don't realize how hurt I've been and what's happened in my life. I may not 
Friend, tonight, I may not understand it. I may not have experienced it. But I want to tell you something. I know I know a man called Jesus can reach into the depths of a broken heart tonight and bring healing. But you don't know how deep. I tell you, you don't know what he went through. That he can. But I want to tell you something, friends. He wants your sin. He wants your hurt. He wants your brokenness. I want to tell you, self-righteous individual tonight, you're proud, you're sitting here, you're not like other people. And remember the two men, the Pharisee and the old publican? He stood there and he beat us. He said, oh, I'm just so thankful I'm not like them. I'm not lying on the streets tonight as a drunk, a, a, a drug addict or a prostitute. There but for the grace of God go any of you. The Bible says actually such were some of you. But there was another man there and he's on his knees. And he's crying out and he says, oh God, would you just be merciful to me, a sinner? Who left there justified? The man that just fell on his knees, humbled himself and says, God, be merciful to me. Friends, we're closing tonight. You can bring your sin. You can bring your hurt. You can bring your torment. Bring your fears, bring your addictions, bring your hang-ups, bring everything, bring it all to the cross. But I want to tell you something wonderful. Jesus wants you. He just wants you. Repent and believe. Turn from your sin. Give him not just apart but give him your all see when that happens friends i can tell you i can tell you as true as i'm standing in front of you tonight see when that really happens in your heart and the holy ghost and only the holy ghost knows that that's happened see when that happens a man's born again that's the answer he's born again there's an answer to the venom to the poison and to the thief his name's Jesus, but he wants you. He wants your all. Will you have the humility to give him everything? Oh, I need to get myself, Tim, you're wearing a nice shirt and a tie there and a suit tonight. Probably need to get myself a wee suit for next week. Forget about it. Forget about it. They're closed anyway. Just forget about it. But I think if I got myself a Bible for next week, that gets me a wee bit more. I want to tell you something. Forget it, but it's good to have a Bible. You need one, we can give you one for nothing. Listen to me. He just wants you the way you are. And let him do the cleaning up. And he does a wonderful work. He's done it all across this room. Has he bit you? Has he bit you? Has he bit you? Tell you there's an answer to sin. His name's Jesus. Let's pray together tonight. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord God. Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, you know every life in this room, Lord. Man will look on the outward, but it is only you that looks in the heart, sees the heart tonight. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that every life in this room, Lord, every heart that cries out in the depths of their being for you tonight, I thank you, Lord, that you do hear that cry. You do hear the cry of a heart tonight. Beyond the outward shell of a man or a woman in the depths of that heart, God, you do hear the cry. You hear the cry. Lord, even though that cry may be faint and feeble, but I thank you, Lord, you hear. You hear it, Lord. Lord, tonight I pray, Lord, for those that do not know you as Lord and Savior in this place, regardless of where they are, regardless of what circumstance they find themselves in or the sin that they're caught up in, I thank you tonight, Lord, that there is one that's able and there's an answer. There's an answer to the venom. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would move in hearts tonight as they call out to you, that you alone see the heart as the Holy Ghost alone that knows the heart, that you would move in hearts in this room tonight, Lord, and you by your grace and your mercy, Lord, as they would cry out to give you their life, to give you their all, that you would move by the power of your spirit and that you would save, save, we pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, for others in this room tonight, others who perhaps have professed, others who confess, others who walk or once walked with you. Lord, we pray tonight, Lord, they once walked, but tonight they're like Peter, they're afar off, cold and hard. The old serpent has bit them. They're believing a lie. And oh God, I pray you'd expose the lies of Satan in this room tonight. And I pray that your truth would penetrate into hearts. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that young and old, Lord, those that have gone cold in heart, Lord, would be warmed again by your great love, be drawn, drawn back to their first love. Oh God, tonight we pray you'd have your way. <clears throat> Lord, move in this congregation. Move, Lord, even those that are listening at home, we pray, O oh God, we ask in the name of Jesus that they would respond to you. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you need to speak to us afterwards tonight, God's dealing with your heart. Just talk to us before you leave this building tonight. We'll pray with you, point you to the Lord. Just respond to him tonight. Amen. Let's stand together.